previously on Quest Friends Forever. They see a four foot tall metal contraption. The child sees a human. Two, two lady elves walking in. Well, one of the things about our festival here in town is that every single attendee must give something. The act of giving back and sharing really spreads the harvest type spirit and praises the over God of feast. And you find a group of six humanoid skeletons causing mayhem. Took all the chests, all the gifts, they're gone. My name is Mabel. I am the mayor of Remedy. And I know you just have done a great deed here, but if I can be so bold as to ask you to do one more, I fear about paying inadequate tribute to the Overgod of Feast if we postpone it too long. It's supposed to happen today. It's harvested. It must happen today. You're standing at the western edge of Remedy, watching four horses get attached to a large wooden cart intended to hold the stolen crates that you've been tasked to bring back to town. Mabel the mayor and Jolliver the Harvestide Master of Ceremonies are next to you, and many of the city's 500 citizens have gathered in a crowd to watch your departure. You can sense their nervous tension, and you hear a few whispers about the varying levels of confidence they have in your mission. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. Oh, they can do it. They can do it. Oh, I don't know if they can do it. When the horses are finally hitched up, Mabel turns to you. Remedy has been celebrating Harvest Tide for centuries, and never once have we failed to uphold the tradition of the gift exchange. I don't intend to be the first mayor responsible for missing it and failing to pay tribute to the over-god of feast. My good citizens don't need the kind of anxiety and fear that comes with disappointing a god. You all showed you were pretty handy against those skeletons back there, so I'm counting on you to get this done. You've got about three hours now to get back here with those chests. Do we have any questions? How can I help you today? I literally just told you. <laughs> I mean, it is a question. I literally ran it down step by step for you, little metal one. How can I help you today? Okay, anybody else? <laughs> uh, three hours. Got it. So, so what are your terms? One, one more time, remind me. Now, I don't want to speak for the entire group here, but I'm going to just go ahead and say... Four bags of gold, room and board for a month, and all the food we can eat. Mabel looks up because she's very little. She looks up at Jolliver and he, he gives a jolly nod. He goes, yeah, yeah. All right. So one bag of gold each. That's what you said. You said four bags. And there's four of you. So one bag of gold each, room and board for a month and, and food. Yes. Yes. We're a farming community. We can afford to spare the food as long as you bring back our gifts on time. I kind of like aside Jared and I'm like, yeah, but how big are those bags though? That's a great question. How big would these bags? I'm going to say these bags must be weighted to 15 pounds a piece. Oh, I don't know if I can lift that much. I'm quite frail. I'll lift it for you. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie once again steps forward and says, Whatever you need, we're going to get it done. Size of the bags doesn't matter. We're going to help this town. Okay, Ellie. We, they, they got it. When Ellie says the size of the bags doesn't matter because Val is on board with this scheme that we're basically doing, has <laughs> caught on in the last episode, the robot inches its way back towards Ellie and just kind of steps on her toe a little bit. Ow! <laughs> oh, dear. No, thank you. 
Uh, I see what you did there, Danny. That's good DMing. So the horses are hitched to the cart in two rows of two. Who sits where? Val walks up to a horse and stands next to it and tilts backward as if to look up and then just kind of stands there and then tilts forward as if to stand straight up and then turns towards the group and kind of shrugs. Uh, I'm going to uh, just fucking super hard eye roll. Fine, I'll do it, I guess. And I'll just go right on a horse. I walk around. I pick up Val and put them in the front right passenger seat of the carriage. It's a carriage? Sure thing. No, it, it's it's just four horses hitched together and then it's like a flat wooden cart in the back. Okay, it's so not, then it's not I, a carriage. Put, I put Val on the back cart. Hello. Wait, okay, so there's a front seat and like a back cart, right? That's what she said? There's four horses for riding. You can ride, uh-huh. you can ride on the horses. The cart is for the chest. To bring okay, back. wait, is this oh. Uber or Lyft? It's neither because you dr- you're the Lyft driver. Because you're driving the, the cargo. You around. know what? Absolutely not. I will not. It's like a medieval truck. <laughs> it's not a car. It's a truck. So it has seats, but then it has cargo area. And yeah. the okay. seats are the horses. Yes. It's got oh, four horsepower. Okay. It's a four horsepower fantasy truck. Oh, that's very good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll am i be one of the front horses. I, after putting Val into the back, I also hop on the other front horse. So then Ellie gets on the one back horse and then Val's in the cart, like cargo? Yes. Sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) And you ride off toward the west. And as you ride away from Remedy, you hear Mabel shout, Do be careful, dears! Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Okay. You say into the sunset. (laughs) So it like fades out as you're riding away. The night is only illuminated by the half moon in the sky, though the path to the graveyard is relatively straightforward. The western road outside of town is flat and open, but after a while it uh, enters a forest with thick trees on both sides, making for a rather pleasant aesthetic. Big cottagecore vibes. Yes. This is a one-hour ride. You can't go super fast because you have the cart, so you can't like run super fast with the horses because the cart will get wobbly. So, which means you can take a short rest. Because you should all maybe have some damage or some <gasps> stuff after the last oh. battle with the skeletons yeah. in town. Okay, I'm getting all my I'm getting all my hit points back and my spell back. No, no, that's a long rest, David. A short rest is... is one hour. Oh, so you can heal with your hit dice. <laughs> oh, that's boring. Okay, newbie alert. Yes. What's happening? So you're resting, which means you have a yes. chance to heal some damage. Did you take any damage in the battle? I don't think so. So if you were damaged, you could use this opportunity to heal. So if you wanted, you could roll 3d8 here and heal that number of hit points. But since you are at full health, you do not need to. Uh, okay, cool. Good to know. I got a fucking one. I got a one for my first roll. That's bullshit. I'm going to do a second one, which is a two. So that's also good, right? So I used all three hit dice. Okay. I used one hit dice. I rolled the six. I only needed three hit points, so I'm at full health. Okay. Uh, You do not regain any spell slots, though. Wait, okay. Also, quick question. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that we fell asleep at the wheel? No, you don't go to sleep. It is a period of rest. It's resting the body. Yeah. Oh, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a bench moment. It's It's a bench at a theme park. Exactly. 
having a little sit. On this one-hour horse ride toward the graveyard, does anybody talk about anything? Mm, I'm Let's really... get this party started. I look around, but I don't say anything. I'm for as forthcoming and relatively gregarious as I had been previous in that last scene. I am suspiciously quiet. This is technically like the first time we're all just kind of hanging out together, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look over at you and I'm going to be like, yo, so what's your deal? Um, what's my deal? Uh, you know, just a uh, just a townsperson, regular old townsperson. Uh-huh. What's your deal? No, I just asked you about yourself. Ellie chimes up from the back horse. Yeah, tell us about yourself. You seem neat. You really saved the day back there. Well, you know, I'm very shy, so I don't really like talking about myself in this way. However, I will tell you, my name's Jared. Hi, I don't know if I've introduced myself yet, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm normal. I'm a normal person who does normal things in every regular, everyday life in regular towns doing regular things. I'd say that's pretty, pretty good, a pretty good, uh, characterization of who I am. Who are you? That sounds like pretty normal. Yeah. So you're just like, you're like normcore then? Very normcore. Ellie chimes in. It's okay. Stephanie's pretty shy too, aren't you? I mean, I'm also just very fucking normal, so, like, what's that? Oh, don't sell yourself short. You're awesome. I mean, not as awesome as me, of course. Darts her eyes around. Like, of course, I, I'm i the one who will do the fighting, of course. <laughs> me. Oh, my goodness. The robot senses the tension in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just, we're just a couple adventurers. Uh, Stephanie is my sidekick. And then she very obviously winks at Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Like not even trying to be discreet or trying to be discreet, but failing. And, you know, we just go around and, uh, you know, we, we figure out ways to help folks. I mean, I'm obviously the brains, but it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. Oh, so you're like heroes. You know what? Yeah, I mean, you said it. I, th- I think I, did, I would have to agree. What okay. a great observation you've made, Jared. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good observer. What can I say? So like you sell stuff? Is that your thing? I do. Yes, that is my thing. So what I do, I'm I consider myself a merchandiser. Um I partner with local uh, affiliates in um doing business for uh events. Is what I do. Yeah, I'd call myself a merchandiser. That's me. Sure thing. Seems a little unspecific. Yeah, well, you know, there's not much to tell. I sell I I I uh, I sell <laughs> Very, very specific items. And by specific, I mean T-shirts and memorabilia, largely. Um, and you said they're authentic, right? Yes, they are authentic. Again, partnering with local affiliates in, in um, design and uh, uh, sale execution. Oh, Not like the death kind, more so the plan kind. Oh, yeah. okay, that's a lot yeah. sc- less scary. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> also, um... Thanks for like following our lead, I guess, back there. Like, I don't know. My lead. Yeah, sorry, her lead. You know. And then she winks again. We appreciate it. Well, yeah, I mean, as a merchandiser, part of the business is making sure you you don't lose lose inventory. So for me, it was really just it was it was nothing. I'm just doing business. It's business. It's business. I mean, now we're going to get a whole bunch of cool shit too, so 
like free shirts? I mean, if you want to give me Greetings. a shirt, like I you can totally variant. give me a shirt. I cut the tension. I cut the tension in the room and I jump in the middle of the group. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. And then as soon as that statement ends, I cast a cantrip, which is dancing lights. Let's get this party started. You're just trying to get a little racing going on inside the card. An exciting party. Yeah. And um, let me remind everybody, my charisma is five. So, um, yeah. Not plus five. Negative three. Five flat, which is a negative three. It is five flat. So that's why I'm not cool at conversation. FYI. The music is still going. The music is still going. And the whole time I'm just. How can I help you today? How can I help you today? Uh, Ellie reaches back and she kind of pats the top of your head. You're all right. Cool. I turn to the robot and I say, what's your deal? Who are you? Greetings. I am a Varian's Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver <sighs> Unit, model number XFCED001. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. And that is all I need to know about you. Thank you so much. I think that's all they can say. I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. Okay. I look at the robot and I say, you're chilling my book. Sure thing. Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Just as the moon disappears behind a group of clouds, you see a nicely painted wooden sign up ahead that marks the entrance to the Remedy Community Resting Grounds. The grounds are surrounded on all sides by a 10-foot tall black wrought iron fence. The road you're on, which is now covered in a light low fog that seems to hover just above the ground, leads directly to the entrance gate. Roll a perception check as you approach. Well, it's a good thing that I've got a good perception check. You're all wildly good at perception, I believe. Uh, 15. I got a 17. Okay, I got a 2. Oh, look at oh. me. That's terrible. Do you, do you have anything to add to that? But I have a plus 6 perception, so I rolled an 8. So Jared sees it's awfully dark and foggy. <laughs> Gee Willicker. Val and Stephanie, you see... There are fresh-looking footprints and drag marks leading into the cemetery, as well as a large pile of bones just outside the gate. Oh, my goodness. I was trying to think of something cool to say, but, it, uh, <laughs> but also my character wouldn't say anything cool. So um, it's perfect. Um, hey, guys, I think we're here, I guess. Shit, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to get down, and I'm going to help Val off the, the back of the, the cart. Ellie joins you to help with that. And Hello. You, you both lift Val down. And Val's like our little baby, the little baby of the group. It's kind of cute. <laughs> How can I help you today? I point to Val, and I'm like, we got to go over there, dude. Sure thing. And I just walk away from you. I just start walking towards the thing. Yeah, me too. You go, <laughs> what do you, what do you, tell me what you do so I can tell you what happens. Oh, well, we, we follow the, the footprints. Yeah, we walk over the, to the, where the footprints start. Nobody wants to look at the pile of bones outside the gate? I mean, I assume as I'm walking up, I'm going to do that. So I'll Usually do that. Usually cemeteries don't have big piles of bones outside their gates. Well, I guess. I mean, did you say there was a pile of bones? I did. I thought you said that there was just footprints and drag marks. That and lead a big into pile the of bones. Oh, I didn't hear the big pile of bones part. Okay, wait, hold on. Where did we park? Right outside the <laughs> gate. Right outside the gate? Okay, fine. We didn't go into the gate yet, though, right? We have it. Okay. Where? Okay, so let's just establish. <laughs> where is the cart in proximity to the gate, lengthwise? <laughs> you are parked 10 feet from this gate. 
Fantastic. Are we, are we so. double parked or? Yeah. Is it a no parking zone? Is it like a handicap spot? Like yeah. what's the situation? Is it 20 minute parking? Too long? That was my next question. Truly. It's a green curb, but it doesn't say for how long. Oh shit. Those are the worst. <laughs> That's how they get you. We'll be fine. It's night. It's after six. Yeah. It's the weekend. <laughs> it's a holiday. Yeah. It's it a, is a holiday. holiday today. It's, can- it's canonically a holiday, yes. Canonically a holiday. The curb is the curb made of rock or concrete or something. Yeah, what's it made out of, Danny? It's actually not a curb. It's just a big green stripe on the ground because there's no curbs. It's a fantasy graveyard on dirt. Oh, cool. Well, since it's on dirt, I'm going to use mold earth. So I'm going to change the color so it's white. So we're good. That'll show the constable, <laughs> the parking constable. <laughs> So then, as we as we've as we've as we figured out the car situation, or rather the carriage, the thank garage, God too, because that's a major a major plot issue. It's it's huge. True. Well, we don't want to Ashton Kutcher ourselves now, do we? You know what I mean? Like we don't want to make an Ashton out of ourselves. We don't. We have to know where our car is. We don't want that question. So we get off of the carriage. It's not a carriage. What about the horses, though? We don't want the horses to get a boot. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine because it's. Uh, I took care of like the whole like color of the of the parking situation. We yeah. can move on from the parking, but thank you for you sure? worrying about our horses. Uh, what about the horses? What are their names? The horses. <laughs> yeah, Danny. <laughs> I don't know. They can't speak. What if you named them? I'm gonna do the thing where like we tie them up to the thing or whatever, so that way they can't get away. So they're good. AKA parking the carriage. Yeah, I'm gonna put the emergency brake on. So it's okay. not going to go anywhere, even if it's on a hill. Perf. Do you think the horses are afraid of the dark? Should we keep lights with them? Please move away from the horses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we move away from the horses. Let's, we're moving away from the horses. Yes. So we walk towards the gate. I say, what are all these bones doing here? Working on your, your stand-up? Yes. What's I'm trying to be- What's the deal with the bones? What's all these bones over here? Um- yeah, we're we're inspecting the bones. We how how big is this pile of bones? Pretty big pile of bones, actually. How many corpses do you say comprise this pile? Why don't you do either a nature or a medicine check and tell me? That's a great idea. Let me go ahead and do that. Let me let me ruffle through my uh, notes. My passive perception is fifteen. It's we're not, not percepting. <laughs> so shout the fuck out to me. I just rolled a seventeen. Ooh. Uh, go off. I think me. he just won the game. I think I did. Cool. Call it a day. Wrap it up. Do you level up. up? That's Is it. Is that how that works? That's a short I just podcast. Up. Short podcast. What okay. did Stephanie roll? I rolled a 15. Okay. Val goes to pick up a bone and crushes it in their hand. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Stephanie is able to determine that these are bones of horses. And oh, no. Jared is able to determine that these bones could probably be constructed to make about six horses. Okay, I oh, was dear. like, no, thank you. I didn't really give a shit, and now that I know that they're animals, I'm pretty fucking pissed. So yeah. my druidness is coming out, and I'm fucking ready to. I'm ready to go. I will say that in your investigation of the bones, you do not find any blood or rot or decay or skin or no signs of violence. It's just a pile of bones. Okay, I inspect further. Underneath, do I see like a like a, a coin slot of any kind? You don't. Okay. Because I do have these bone coins, and I'm wondering if oh. there's a place where I can put them and open good. up a secret door. Hmm. Interesting. 
I remember what I have in my pockets. Hell yeah, dude. That's good D&D. Were you, when you were looking for the, the <laughs> bone coin slot in yes. the pile of bones, were you like picking up the bones one by one and moving them out of the pile? I'm kind of like scooting them with my foot, also picking them up because it is six horses, so that is many bones. Right. Are you um, also placing them in a particular place that where they weren't before? Just to the side. Okay, good. Perfect. So Val runs up and realizes that uh, he's doing the same thing he was doing at his uh, table with his tent and stuff. So Val decides to join in and help. (laughs) And they say, how can I help you today? And just runs up and just starts flinging bones behind behind the robot, just wildly in the air, because apparently there is an objective to get to something underneath these these bones. Clearly just desecrating this this pile of bones. I'm going to stop everybody right there. I'm sorry, in character. What the fuck do you think you're doing? You need to stop and Val, look, sweetie, I I know that you're really, you want to help, but this is not the way to help. Oh my goodness. Like, here, oh just, my goodness. Just, come on, take a step back. Um, Ouch. Let's not do this, maybe? Sure thing. Sure thing. I'm going to just go ahead and step in and rebut here for a second. <laughs> I would argue that in this scenario, we are on an adventure, and this bones looks very suspicious. This pile of bones looks very suspicious. So in my head, I'm thinking, maybe there's something under here. As desecratorial as this act is, I'm going to say there might be something here. Maybe they hit a key. End of sentence. You find nothing. Oh, there's there's nothing (laughs) under the bones? (laughs) No, there's nothing. Okay. So Wow. So I've been duped by the DM. This adventure's off to a great start. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. You wanted to investigate the bones. You you pointed them out as like a huge pop. Yeah, point. you you corrected us when you realized that we hadn't seen the bones. Just want to make sure Incredible. Okay, yeah. so we're at the graveyard now. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, use my Mold Earth spell again, and I'm going to, you can pick up like five feet of dirt, like a five feet cube of dirt, and I'm just going to put it all on top. So now it's not a, it's not a pile of bones. It's uh, at least underneath. It's a pile of dirt? Yeah. At this point, do we know how our horses feel? Yeah. Because we are moving these bones. <laughs> Are they noticing us? Are they like, what the fuck? Like, so, what Jared, you deal? look back at the horse, and the horse is giving you a look like. Nobody can see that look yes. on the podcast, Danny. <laughs> it's a very wide-eyed look. Wide-eyed, yeah. Okay, so I, I feel bad. I recognize that there's nothing under this pile of bones. And I say, should we just go in the graveyard? You know what? I think that's a great idea. I'm like noticeably like a little bit annoyed with everybody, but trying not to like, you know, make it a thing. And, you know, Val didn't know any better. It's fine. Ellie's kind of standing back from all this. She's not participating. And she looks a little bit nervous about going into a frightening looking graveyard. But she steps forward. She's like, yeah, oh, okay, okay, let's go in. Come on. You're the hero. You got to come. Yeah, I'm, I'm here we go. On, onward, team. The gates open up to a plot of land where suddenly the fog becomes much thicker on the ground, causing you to lose sight of the tracks that you are following. There are dozens of tombstones and crypts in each direction. There are paths to the left and right that lead to ground level areas, and a path straight ahead that ramps up to gravestones at the top of a hill. 
What do you do? There's a bunch of fog, so we can't see shit. That's what you're saying. The f- level of fog has increased, and you can no longer see the ground. So you like you lose sight of your feet, which means you can't see the footprints anymore. Okay, I'm gonna. Yes. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use gust, like real quick, to figure out which path to use. I'm moving air right now. I'm an airbender. So which direction are you blowing the wind? Down the middle to see if that's where they went. So you cast gust, and the fog in front of you starts to kind of blow around and dissipate, uh, revealing the ground that leads up this ramp, and there are no footprints on this upward ramp. I have a question. How long How long does Magic Hand Legerman last? I love the way you name that, by the way. What? Is what? that not the name of the Wait, spell? What? It's Mage Hand Legerman. But I like... <laughs> I like. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> Magic Hand Legerman. This is my magic hand, Ledgerman. Is that the hand's name is Ledgerman? <laughs> I, can I use the hands to do this on the ground? For those listening at home, he's waving his hands back and forth as if to be blowing air away from him. Can I do that? Because what I'm thinking, and hear me out here, if I can use this in front of us, it can be sort of like our flashlight for the fog. So it yes. looks like I can only do three things, and they involve theft or lock picking. But I mean, also, Mage Hand is just a hand that you can kind of make do whatever you want. Oh, perfect! Then I'm gonna go ahead and cast Mage Hand. So, what is the duration? There's a duration on this. It's fine. Just do it. <laughs> you hate me. Oh my god, you hate it's me. It's one you minute. It's one minute. For one, one minute? minute? Oh, we can get yeah. so much shit done in one minute. Let's go. <laughs> so Stephanie blows the gust of wind forward and reveals. No footprints in the upward path. Where are you directing your magic ledger hand? I'm going right. Going right. Okay. Yeah. You find some footprints. <gasps> I follow those footprints. Uh, we should go <laughs> this way. What do you think? Sure thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Perf. You choose the right path. Also the correct path and the right path. Ah. <laughs> As uh, magic ledger hand is this little rudder in front of you as you're following the paths. You pass a couple of gravestones, obviously, in the ground. And with your passive perception, you see that many, many of these graves are disturbed. The dirt is freshly loosened and kind of tossed around where the people would be buried. Oh, my goodness. Oh, whoa. So just somebody's been here, essentially. It looks like these graves are disturbed. Like they've been dug up? They are down with the sickness. Mm Mm-hmm. You pass such graves as Barry Delive, Ben Deadlong, Ben Embalmed. <laughs> There's a grave for DK. There's uh, Ricky D. Bones. There's Hugh R. Next. Oh, yeah. I think we uh-huh. dated once. That's oh. crazy. Mm. You outlasted him. You love a bone daddy. I love a bone daddy. <laughs> um, <sighs> truly. The footprints are not going toward them. The footprints are still going down the middle towards something else. But you're just kind of looking to the side as you walk. And you're saying, wow, all these graves sure are fucked up. Is it a single set of footprints that we can There are multiple sets of footprints as well as drag marks, like something was being dragged. Mm. So I look to the group and I say, so what I'm thinking is those bone guys we fought, these are their graves. I say we continue down the path and follow the footprints and ignore these graves. Sure thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't care about these guys. The footprints lead you Uh to a grave that is not disturbed. (gasps) You come to a grave 
marked Robert Palin's convicted murderer and horse thief. The ground here is surprisingly not disturbed, despite the footprints and drag marks leading to it. Those marks seem to immediately stop a few feet away from the headstone. Perception check. Yeah, I'm perception checking. Critical fail. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I crit failed. The fog gets in your eyes and you can't see anything. <laughs> is there any sound in the vicinity off the distance near the grave? Just ambient nighttime noise. Ambient. I turn to the group. I say, we should dig this grave up, right? I'm going to go up and I'll investigate the, the grave. I investigated for 12. You notice that some of the letters in this person's name look a little bit different. Four of the letters in the name seem to be engraved into the stone deeper than the others, like they've somehow been more worn away. The O and the E in Robert's and the P and the N in Palin's. What font is it in? Papyrus. Oh. Ooh, the scariest oh. of all fonts. Um, can you spell the name and which letters again? I'm just taking notes real quick. Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T. And that's the O and the E in Robert seem to be a little bit something different about them. Okay. And then Palin's is P-A-L-I-N-S. And that's the P and the N seem suspicious. It does spell open. It does spell open. So I... I single tap the letter O on the headstone. What part of the letter O? The middle. Nothing happens. Shit, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I walk up and I start feverishly touching every part of the O. Like, bong, 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 chunk, chunk, I imagine that Val takes uh, takes their hand and puts it on the O because they have like the the little metal fingers and like just rotates it. You know how you know how R two D two sticks this thing into the hole to open up a gate oh or whatever. Oh my! That's basically like that. You do that in inside the O, where it's engraved. Yeah, it lights up <gasps> as if by did magic. You guys, did you guys see that? The Good O job, in the word Robert is now illuminated. <gasps> so then I go and I I touch all the other letters. In what order? O P E N. When you do these letters in this specific order. Mm-hmm. O-P-E-N they all light up and you feel a rumble beneath your feet <gasps> oh my goodness after a second the ground where the grave should be slowly slides open to the left and the right revealing it was a trap door you now see stone stairs that lead down into the earth Val says hello 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 in a very excited sort of jostling fashion and is pointing at the very obvious, everybody is looking at it hole in the ground as if to try to get everybody else's attention to see, look what I did, look what I did. Stephanie kind of like pats you on the head because you're so much shorter than her and just says like, good job, let's go. We're going downstairs. Hey everybody, it's Danny the DM talking to you again. How's it going? Hope you're enjoying episode two of Quest Friends Forever. This is where some cool shit starts happening, so hopefully you agree. As a reminder, we are on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. We'll be posting stuff there between episodes, little videos or pictures or all kinds of fun stuff for you to check out and engage with, even when the podcast is not airing new episodes, which again are every other Wednesday. We are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're everywhere you get podcasts, which of course you know because you're listening to us on one of those platforms right now. 
If you want to contact the show for any reason, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or write to questfriendsforeverpod at gmail.com. As a reminder, we are part of the Nostalgia Network family of podcasts. Go ahead and check that out at thenostalgianetwork.com for more info there. And yeah, let's go ahead and get back to this episode and find out just what the heck is going to happen. Bye. It's very dark. Uh-huh. And after a few steps, the stairs start to spiral downward, leading hundreds of feet underground. Hundreds? There are no lights, and the stairs are open in the middle with no railings, meaning one wrong step, and you could fall the whole way down the center column. For safety purposes, I cast Dancing Lights. So now we have four floating torches accompanying us as a group. The walls here are made of stone, and the air gets more damp and dank as you go down. Yeah, dude. This air smells of rot and death, and it only gets worse as you approach the bottom, where you finally reach the Bone Zone! You have reached the bottom of the stairs. You all have passive perception above 15. Is that right? Mm, I have 15. I have 18. Oh, 16. Sorry. Okay, great. There it is. You all turn back toward the stairs and notice that in that empty space in the center where you could have fallen, there is a stone platform about six feet by six feet. Leaving the stairway, you find yourselves in a dark underground cavern with the ceiling hundreds of feet above. A small, dirty-looking pond has been dug out about 15 feet away from you. Piles and piles of bones, humanoid and other, line the walls on both sides of the cavern. 50 feet ahead, you see the only sources of light in this room. Well, natural light, since we have dancing lights now. Three torches that burn above the entrances to three separate passageways, all of them along the same far wall and all of them seeming to head in the same direction. The only difference is that the middle passage is sealed shut by a large stone. What do you do? I'm going to check out the pond. Okay. What are you going to do? I don't know, just kind of like look, see how deep it is, if there's any like life or anything in it. The water is still muddy and terrible. You cannot see into it. As far as diameter, it's not very big. It's like the size of a jacuzzi, a fantasy jacuzzi. I'm going to use shape water, which changes the water's color or opacity. That's also a a cantrip. (laughs) So you make the water clear. Yes. And it's about four feet deep. And the only thing you see in it is a tattered-looking pouch at the bottom. Uh, I'm definitely going to grab that. You're going to dive in? Yeah. You dive in? Probably don't dive because it's shallow and small. So you probably just wade into it. Uh, And you pick up the pouch, and the pouch has 20 gold pieces in it. Hell yeah. (gasps) Let's go home. That's it. Okay. Real gold, not bone gold. 20 authentic real gold pieces. So I address the group. Well, there really doesn't look like any other place to go besides left or right here. I say we go into the left cave and just see what happens. Sure, let's go. Sure thing. At this point, Ellie is now all the way in the back. She's no longer in the front of the group. She's in the back and she's moving kind of slowly and still looks kind of nervous. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go over to Ellie. Hey, dude, it's like so cool. We got this. Okay, it's just, you know, it's... uh... Pretty dark, and, you know, there's a lot of bones, so okay. We've seen worse. It's cool. Like, don't worry. We got it. And then I, like, uh-huh. uh, do you want a torch? Like, we got we got some. Do you need a torch? Uh, like, here, dude. I'm pretty sure I have dark vision, so I'm okay, but. <laughs> I'll go in first, and then, like, we'll uh-huh. make somebody else go, like, behind us. So, like, that way, like, 
you'll be like surrounded on all sides. It'll be cool. Don't worry. You don't have to be scared. Have I led you wrong? Like ever? I mean, there was that one time. No, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But like, <laughs> aside from that time, like for the most part, it's usually pretty chill, right? We're good. Don't worry. And I like, I kind of, I put my arm around her and I like telepathically say like, it's okay. I love you. Let's go. I notice that there's this conversation happening between the two of them. So I run over, Val runs over and grabs Ellie's hand. How can I help you today? She kind of <laughs> laughs and she pats your head and goes, thanks. That's nice. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you approach the three doors, mystery door one, mystery door two, and mystery door three. Yeah. And we all go to the left. Door one. This path is only about six feet wide and turns into an upward ramp almost immediately. How steep? Climbable, but definitely a ramp. Okay. I'm going to yell down the hallway to gauge how far it goes based on its echo. Oh, sure. Yeah. Perception that. That's cool. Okay. I want to perception that. I got a seven plus mm-hmm. a six, 13. Well, what do you yell? How deep is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you hear your voice echo. How deep? How deep? How deep? Seems, is it real 13? 13. Yeah. Not super deep. Okay. I do the same thing. The exact same thing? I rolled a 21, and I yell, Hello. Hell yeah. Okay. I guess Val's really good at determining distance based on sound. 60 I have, feet. I have, I have sonar. It's fine. 60 feet. It's like part of like their um, central core neural processor thing. I guess so. I address the group, and I ask, maybe we should try that with the other side just to gauge... Which is deeper and scarier. <laughs> I mean, we're already here, so like, let's just go. Uh, before you're even finishing your sentence, Val turns around and runs at the door number three. Just, Shit. just, just <laughs> chunk, 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 and then stops, and then a very loud, Hello. How far is that? Oh, I got to do a perception roll. again. Yeah, though, roll right? and tell me. Okay. 17. This one's a little bit more echoey, and it sounds like maybe there's some water ahead. Hmm. So I record this information into my database and I turn around and, and I chunk, 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 start. I sprint back towards the group who was still standing in door number one. And I say, hello. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Stephanie is just kind of walking into door number one. Cause we're already here. Okay. You notice a few feet in, there is a skeleton sunken face down into the ground. That looks like it was pressed, like pressed down into the dirt. It is almost Ew. completely level with the ground, though one of its heels still sticks up out of the earth. Oh my goodness. Gross. Is there anything weird about the heel that's sticking up? Why is this heel sticking up? Do we know? It's just sticking up a few inches out of the ground. But otherwise, okay. the skeleton is like flat with the ground. I step on it. The heel? The heel. Does uh, anything happen? You press it down into the earth so it's flat with into the rest the, of the skeleton? Into the earth, yeah. Nothing happens. Uh, there's a small crunch. It's nice the, and tidy, though. From the bone that you're stepping on. Housekeeping. Yeah, just making sure that everything looks nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the sooner that we're out of here, the better. Let's just keep going. Let's just get the shit, and let's, like, go. Yeah. I mean, does that sound good to everybody? Because, like, I don't like all sure of thing. these skeletons. And I just, like, I just really like to get the shit and just go, if we can. You walk 60 feet up this slight ramp in the dark, although you have some rave lights around you. 
and about 10 feet ahead of you, it just seems to dead end. Do a perception roll, everybody. Oh, no, that's not a good sign. I got a 15. 16. 23. Ooh. So, Jared and Stephanie, you notice that although this path does seem to dead end about 15, sorry, about 10 feet in front of you, there is a kind of a big hole in the ceiling above the dead end. And Val, you notice not only that hole in the ceiling, but you notice about five feet in front of you, there is a small square stone plate in the ground that's like kind of covered with dirt as if to disguise it. Hello. 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 Um, I think that we should go down the other path. I don't think this is the right one. Val steps on the plate. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not on purpose, obviously. Just kind of, you know, it's there. Why wouldn't it be on purpose? I know, but just kind of like excited that Val found something and then just kind of takes a step and then steps on the plate. There's some rumbling. And from that hole in the ceiling drops the ball from Indiana Jones <gasps> and starts rolling toward you down. <laughs> I knew it. I Wait, the, knew it. the official, the we, it's, it's a big get for our podcast, but yes, it's the wow. same ball from Indiana Jones. How much did we that got cost? It. Damn. Do you think we can get the, we got the a ball's budget. autograph? And it begins rolling toward you. Oh my Run. goodness. Oh my goodness. Go. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I say, what did you do? <laughs> and we start running. It is speeding toward you. You have one action to make it 60 feet out of this hallway because the ball is going faster than you. How big is this chamber? Like, could we, like, stand on the side and while it goes down the ramp? It was only six feet wide, the chamber. So you're not even, you're not even a, a, a line of four, like, side to side. You're in, like, two twos to fit. So the ball is coming. It's taking up the whole space. I got it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Are we ready? Okay. I'm going to tell them to all fucking run out. And then where it's coming down, I'm going to excavate it, use my mold earth again to take uh, a cube of five feet of earth. Like, so if it's like coming straight down, I'm going to take that and like try to catch it there. So it's going to be in that hole. And uh, I'm going to use that earth that I take out of that area to like try to like make a mound there to kind of like try to keep it in there. You're going to earthbender a putting green hole for the golf ball to just sink into. Yeah. I will say the boulder already dropped. It dropped when, when Val stepped on the plate. You can't like catch it. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, as we're running out behind us, I'm going to use that spell before it gets to the ramp to try to like make like a, a hole for the, for the golf ball. Can I paint a picture to see just, just to clarify what's happening? So I think we all started running away. All of us except for you are ahead and we're running. You're going a little bit slow and are closest to the boulder that's coming at us to cast this spell to catch the ball so we can get out. Yes. So Ellie, Jared, and Val take off running. Mm -hmm. As does Stephanie. But Stephanie turns backwards and casts, what's the name of the spell? Mold Earth. Mold Earth. So the Earth between Stephanie and the Indiana Jones ball, TM, gets scooped up and placed in a mound in front of it. Mm-hmm. Correct? Cool. The spell works. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's amazing and great. The ball falls into the new earth hole and kind of teeters there for a second and then comes to a rest and nobody gets hurt and nobody trips and falls and you have beaten the ball trap. Yay, we did it. 
<laughs> Whose idea was it to go into that cave anyways? I mean, you picked that one first, so. Uh, I actually don't think I was the one who picked it. Uh, that's so weird that you say that. Interesting. I remember it as let's pick any door and we happen to go into door number one. I don't know who said it. The camera cuts back to Remedy and Mabel's there just like, <laughs> boy, I sure hope they hurry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to door number three. Okay. So there's a, so we know, do we know that there's a pond in there? Has that information been relayed to us or no? No, we're just going in now. We're it's just the going only, in? Okay. it's the only it door. because Val did say, hello. You didn't pick up on that when Val? <laughs> oh, that's true. You know what? My bad. You're right. I should have. There was nuance there that I'm just. I, w- I was a little tone deaf too, so I'm. I'm sorry about that. Um, cool. This path is also about six feet wide and turns into a downward ramp almost immediately. After okay. about thirty feet of walking down this ramp, the path continues, but it starts to go underwater, like everything beyond this point got flooded somehow. Do you continue? Yeah. And I look at Val. Hello. Can you? How are you with water, Val? I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. I, I mean, wouldn't you be the one to know, though? I'm That's... afraid that information is okay. not available at the moment. Okay. Uh. Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Val jumps in the water. <laughs> well, it's not a pool. It's just like the path keeps going down, but then just at a certain point, it just starts being in water. Okay, yeah. And then, so y'all wade into the water? Mm-hmm. Jared, are you cool with this getting wet? I ask a question. I say, uh, Stephanie, is it? Um, <laughs> real quick, what was that thing you did before with the uh, water opacity? Can we see through the water? It's also kind of muddy, like the pond was. Okay. Y- you know what? Good call, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this a little clearer for us so we can see what's up. And I do the... the yeah. Uh, shape water spell. It's still pretty dark, but you'll have dark vision. You can see that the yeah. path does continue. Like it doesn't drop down necessarily into a pool yet. It, it's still a path. It's just now it's going to be underwater. Okay. You wade into the water. Mm-hmm. So the thing about this little chamber is that eventually the roof stays there. So there won't be any coming up for air once you get in. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I I say... Do you think one of us should just go down and scope it out before we all dive into our deaths? Yeah, I can do it. I'll do it. I'm going to do a little deep dive into this deep room. You wade into this water and you become submerged. And you know that at this point, once you get into this point, you won't be able to swim up for air because the water is just up to the ceiling. So you swim down the path and the path opens up into kind of this little chamber. The walls in this underwater section are covered with foot-long bones that have been carved to sharp points, otherwise maybe known as spikes. And the floor is also covered in loose bones as well. About 30 feet up ahead of you, the path dead ends with just a plain flat wall, but on that wall there is a lever currently in the down position. And that's it? That's all in this room? That's the room. That's what you see when you dive under the water. That's so metal. It's so sick. So I swim back. I don't make any hasty decisions. I swim back up into the cavern. Oh, okay. With the group. With the fam. Sure. As it were. I go back to the fam and I say, Hey fam, there's a lever. This looks like a trap. Oh my goodness. 
the lever is in the down position. There are spiky bones on this wall as if to indicate they might close on me if I were to flip the switch. What do you suggest we do? Do you have anything that could like, I don't know, like, could you like throw a stone at it? Could you like have, is there any way to like get something to like pull the fucking lever? <gasps> That's a great question. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to say, I have a trusty sidekick whose name is Mage Hand Ledgerman. What's up, hand, <laughs> hand man? I say, let me give it a shot. So I cast Mage Hand, Magic Hand Man, Magic Hand Man Ledgerman. And Mr. Mr. Ledgerman. I'm like, go die for me. And the hand's like, okay, hamburger helper style. The hand swims through and flips the, flips the lever. I will ask for this one. What is the range of the hand? Uh, the range for Mage Hand specifically is 30 feet. So, so the lever has to be within that 30-foot radius. In order which means you have to go back into the water. You have to go into the water okay. and then cast it. But you can stay at like the far end of the room because, as I said, the wall was about okay. 30 feet ahead. Then that's what I do. You then do I that. will go within range. I do that. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I choose to do that, not because you told me to. Thank you. Um, so I wade my little cute butt back into the water and I say, go, Mei-chan. I'm 30 feet away from that lever. The hand swims its little shimmy shim body over to that lever, pulls it down, and then disappears. It's already down. Pulls oh, it up. it pulls it, pulls it up. up. Sorry. Switching the lever to up causes a far off loud grinding noise like a large stone sliding in or out of place. Switching the lever also causes the walls in this underground area to start closing in meaning the bone spikes are now coming toward the center of the room. Okay, how far am I away from the exit again? You're just like right out the, you're just at the exit. You could just so Oh, well then just I watching this happen. Then I pop then I pop back up and I say I told you so. Yes. Hi. Totally. You absolutely escaped the spike trap by using your mage hand. Good job. <gasps> the stone's gone probably. Did you guys hear that? Hell yeah. Okay. Stephanie, was it again? Uh let's let's <laughs> let's let's do let's go outside. Let's go outside this hallway. This hallway's cluttered anyways. I'm kind of feeling very, uh, I'm feeling low clustered. I'm already out in the other room while he's talking. <laughs> I I notice that and I say, oh, perfect. Let me join you. <laughs> Val was standing right next to him, tilted back as if to be looking upward again, just completely in awe of him because he just did the thing and saved the day. And Val is just, sure thing, sure thing, sure thing. And then Val <laughs> grabs his hand to walk with him. Oh, that's so cute. I look down and I say, hi. Uh, I'm I'm a little taken aback. I'm not very happy because, again, I don't like kids. And this is very <laughs> childish. Um, so I say, okay, let's go. You reemerge, some of you hand in hand, in the main chamber. And the big heavy stone that was blocking door number two has been removed. Cool. Let's fuck it up. Let's go ahead and go in that sick ass door. This path goes on for about 30 feet, flat terrain, no ramps, and quickly dead ends at a closed wooden door. You can see lights coming in through the cracks around the edges, indicating that the room on the other side is well lit. I'm going to do a is it investigation to see if I can hear anything coming from this room. That'd be perception. Okay. I got a nine. You can't tell. Okay. So, oh, sorry, Val hears nothing. I'm going to roll for perception to see if I can hear something. So we're doing like a comical cartoon thing where like Val is at the bottom 
listening, and then Jared is ab- above, higher up than Val, <laughs> also listening. Ear to yes, hundred percent. I rolled a sixteen. With a sixteen from behind this door, you can hear the sound of a fire. Oh fuck yeah! There's a fire in there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's so cold in this cavern. I'm so excited. Okay, I jiggle the handle myself. Is the door locked? It is not. Okay, I quietly open the door and peek inside. You open this door slowly and you peek your head around the corner. And what you see waiting for you is quite a fright. There are oh, no! three humanoid skeletons standing shoulder to shoulder about 30 feet away holding swords. 10 feet behind them is a 15 foot tall skeleton that is on fire. Carrying a large club that's also on fire. They are all looking directly at the door waiting for you since they all heard the rumbling of the stone opening the path. Behind the burning skeleton, you can see a large ramshackle bone throne held together by dirt and mud with seven chests surrounding it. Okay, I quietly then close the door. I turn to the group. I say... So it's a bit of a good news, bad news situation. <laughs> the good news, I do believe I did find the chests that we've been looking for. I, I cut you off. I cut you off and just. Hello. 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 And I go barging into the door. I kick the door open. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, the door flies open. I yell. And that's the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Val charges into the room. And the 15-foot-tall burning skeleton looks directly at them and says, absolutely nothing, because it's a skeleton with no vocal cords. <gasps> and Val says, Oh, my goodness. 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 Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Roll for initiative. So, Jared, it's your turn first. Okay. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a ice chromatic orb cold at the burning skeleton. I rolled a 10 with a plus three okay. uh, attack bonus. So you fire your icy chromatic orb, but you do not correctly estimate the height of this skeleton. You give it a little too much credit and it goes sailing over its head for a miss. Wow. Would you, do you like to move or do anything else? or Can I try it again? No, your your action is done, but you can move if you would like. Okay. I am going to enter the room to the left okay. about 15 feet. That's going to be my move. Val, you're up. I'm going to perform shatter. Okay. Which is, I'm going to read this out loud. A sudden loud ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. The range is 60 feet. So I'm going to lob this between the big skeleton and the little skeletons, each creature in a 10-foot radius, which means all of them, make a constitution saving throw. Oh, boy. Big guy got a 10. Little folks got a 2. Ooh, that's a no for all of them. So then I have to do this. Let's drop the base. Uh, They each take a 3d8 damage. Which is 18. That's pretty good. That's a big roll. Pretty good. You just did. I'm pretty happy about that. You cast Shatter. (laughs) The three skeletons in the front crumble, and they drop their swords onto the ground. 
and the big burning skeleton in the back, some of his rib bones crack and fall off of him, but he is still standing. I'm going to go away from the front of the doorway, about 15 feet to the right. Opposite way of Jared. Yes. Dang. Okay. We're flanking. We're flanking. Dang, you guys. We're like professionals now. It's called strategy, okay? This skeleton, the burning skeleton, the only one remaining now, is rattled by this big attack. They look down at the now pile of skeleton allies in front of them. They reach down and they grab a pile of bones from where his allies once stood. Gross. And they pick it up and it gets kind of hot in their hands and they jam it into their ribs where you just did some damage. And those bones kind of form over where the ribs were. Oh my goodness. They then look directly at Val and this burning skeleton launches into the air and it is now (gasps) flying above you. Okay. Okay, what the fuck? Uh, flying, flying above me specifically? No, it just starts. It lifts, it's looking. It's mad dogging you, but it lifts into the air and it is now okay. flying where it still was, where it's still standing. Oh dear, no, thank you. Ellie is up. Ellie is mortified. Uh, Stephanie, you look over and Ellie's face is just like big eyes, big open mouth, like ah ah. It's gonna be okay. I'm not gonna let anything bad happen to you. I promise. She kind of nods. And sees the skeleton floating in the air and uh, shudders. So she takes out her longbow and takes a shot at this floating, flying skeleton. She rolled a four, which is (gasps) not going to do it. So she fires Mm -hmm. her arrow, uh, still a little shaky with her hands. So it kind of veers off to the right and misses entirely. And it is Stephanie's turn in the order. Okay. Um, How far apart are me and Ellie? You're still in the doorway. The two of you are still in the doorway. I'm going to turn to face her directly and face her body towards me and make her look me straight in the eyes. And I'm going to say, it's okay. I'm here. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. We've got this. Don't don't worry. And I cast protection from good and evil on her, which um, until the spell ends, one ruling creature you touch is protected against uh, certain types of creatures, undead being one of them. And those creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target. So the burning skeleton has disadvantage against Ellie? Mm-hmm. And then cool. I'm going to, like, put my body in front of her as if to, like, shield her against anything. Tight. Jared. I'm going to pull out my short bow and shoot, aim an arrow towards the, what assumedly is a weak spot in the uh, chest cavity that was rebuilt. Ew, I hate this. Plus four. So I rolled a five, so nine. You take a shot with your bow and simply do not hit. So Val. I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers, which is my favorite as Val, because... Let's drop the bass. So to make a wisdom saving throw. I rolled a 15 minus one for a 14. Okay, so then you get half of 3d6. So you get uh, 11, so five damage. That sounds good to me. Okay. Skeleton is up. Skeleton does not like Val doing all this. (sighs) So Skeleton aims back and fires a firebolt that is a 12 against armor class. Nope. So the firebolt shoots from the skeleton's finger, but 
since he's so big, he has a hard, a hard time kind of judging the sizes of other things. So he thinks you were taller and it goes sizzling over your head for no damage and hits the wall behind you. Hello, hello, hello. In sort of a taunting fashion. <laughs> right. It's the other way you say hello. Ellie is up with her newfound confidence from the last round, fires her bow again, which is not going to hit her arrow sails wide. And you hear her go, ah, heck. Stephanie, you're up. I'm gonna transform into a giant spider and I'm going to uh, shoot my web at it and try to restrain it. So, Stephanie, you change into a giant spider and then point your (laughs) butt into the air (laughs) and just fire off a shot of webbing like Spider-Man? Yeah, I fire it off. I can also move too, right? So how uh-huh. um, am I next to a wall? Like if I were to spider climb and stuff and try to do it from the, like get above it and then shoot it down at it. Could I do that? How many feet? So is this? the skeleton is 40 feet in front of you and 30 feet in the air, we said. So you could not reach the skeleton. Okay. I'm going to climb up the wall as far as I can and uh, try to get on the roof if I can. And then I point my butt at it and I... Okay, I got a 17 plus 5 to hit. The webbing wraps around the skeleton's burning body and has him trapped. Hell yeah. Jared. I'm now 30 feet into the room, Uh which leaves me about 10 feet from where the skeleton is hovering. Yes. Fuck it. I'm going to throw my fucking sword (laughs) at the fucking skeleton then from where i'm standing actually you know what i'm gonna scoot all the way up i'm gonna scoot all the way up to directly underneath the skeleton and i'm gonna say fuck this you say fuck this out loud yes this is all what i'm vocalizing frustration wise is i'm in the room because i missed everything that i've thrown thus far and now i'm frustrated because i want to leave so i pull out my sword and i say (laughs) and i throw it up (laughs) As hard and as high as I can. Let me see what it does, okay? I'm going to roll. 16. (gasps) Yeah, sure. I don't technically think you're supposed to throw swords, but I like it. So fuck yeah. That's what the rules say. The rules say you can't throw swords. You know what I say? Fuck the rules, dude. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, you don't launch it like like a cannon. You kind of just chuck it. It's 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 like spin throw up. It's not like a spear. It's more like a... (laughs) Boy, if you had failed, if you had failed that, that would have been fun for me. But <laughs> you don't. You connect. I'm desperate. I'm going. So for it. I'm tell me anything. how much damage you do. Five plus two, seven. You toss your sword skyward. <laughs> it spins. Skyward it spins, sword. And luckily enough, very lucky for you, the tip of your sword sticks into the bottom of the skeleton's foot and is now lodged in the foot. I turn to the group and I yell. It's an Achilles heel. <laughs> Assuming we would know what that means. And then we move forward. So after I saw my good, good friend do a thing and I liked the idea, I immediately followed suit and I ran <laughs> towards Jared. Kind of like a clonk, 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 like super happily like, oh, I'm going to go join my friend. And I run and I slide to a stop right next to him. Without the entire machine moving at all, everything is just perfectly still. This is like a scene out of Pixar movie or something. 
the arm goes flink, it goes up in the air, and then flink back down to where the sword is, and then flink grabs it, and then kind of spins it around and chucks it straight up, just like just like my friend did. <laughs> Roll to see if it hits. <laughs> oh no, seventeen to hit. Yeah, you connect. How Yay. much damage? For five damage. I give a thumbs up. Your sword, Val, gets stuck in the skeleton's other foot. And if it could speak, it would let out a roar of pain. Good thing it's the skeleton's turn. Uh-oh. I believe the web has five hit points. Yes. And you can also do a DC 12 strength check to get out of it. So I don't need to because I'm on fire. Mm-hmm. So... The yeah, web, which uh, temporarily stuck this fool in place, burns away, and the skeleton raises the club it is holding, the fire club in the air, and starts falling. And as it comes down, it swings its club where Jared and Val are standing. I'm nervous. For a 16 against armor class. Ouch. Oh! Does that hit both of you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unforge. You are both going to take 16 damage. Yikes. The impact of the club is pretty terrible, plus the fact that the club is on fire. So you take some bludgeoning and some burning damage. Cool, gorge, obsessed, love. And the skeleton is now on the ground right in front of you. Do I at least get my sword back? (laughs) It skitters away off to the side when the skeleton lands. Ellie is up. I guess Ellie will fire the bow. (laughs) Rolled an 18 for six points of damage. Stephanie, you're up. What I'm trying to do is I want to move up the wall and just above the skeleton. And I would like to drop on the skeleton. You should definitely do that. And from there, I guess I'll try to bite it. Do I need yeah. to roll anything for any of that? Like, other than the You attack? need to roll to see if your bite hits, but you definitely crawl on the ceiling and let go. Oh, okay. It's a plus seven. I rolled a 12. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You hit. So that's 10 damage. So Spider Stephanie crawls on the ceiling and positions herself right above this burning skeleton and lets go and falls. Lands on top of this skeleton and grabs on where do you bite the head the spider takes a bite of the head and gets its big jowls around the head and the bottom of the neck and pinches down with a bite and the head of the skeleton pops right off as the neck crumbles and dissipates and the head rolls away and the skeleton the body falls limp to the ground no longer with a head Spider is going to take some damage because <laughs> yeah. skeleton's on fire. The skeleton is on fire. The spider is <laughs> yep. going to take eight points of damage. Spicy. It's cool. But otherwise, the skeleton, the bones just collapse. Like It doesn't tip over backwards. It just crumbles and collapses. And so the spider falls to the ground. And you have defeated the burning skeleton in the bone zone. Hell yeah. Okay. I'm going to change back and be like, sup. <laughs> and then when I see you no longer in spider form. Hello. 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 And I come over and I give you a hug. I look around and like just kind of like hug you back and like you you did a good job. Sure thing. Okay. Um cool. I'm going to look at the chests. So, around the bone throne there are seven chests. 
you remember that you were tasked to bring home six chests, and indeed you recognize six of the chests from the Remedy Harvestide Festival. One of them is open and looks like it had been rummaged through. The other five are closed, and the unfamiliar one is also closed. I'm going to go for that seventh chest, dude. You pop it open? Hell yeah. It has 120 gold pieces, as well as a single pristine white pearl, which you know is worth 100 gold pieces. Wow. Dang, dudes. So should we have like an accountant for our group? Should we like just like divvy this up? Like, I don't know. I interject and I say, I would love to be the accountant. I would love to be the accountant of this. Okay, let's do this. Let's divvy it up and then you can hold the pearl, this guy, and then we could just like, we could sell it and we'll split that. Then I'm going to start moving the the stuff back up to our horses. So you take the chest back through the cavern. You remember that there was a platform in the middle of the staircase. You piece together with your amazing passive perception that this is a lift that you can use to raise these chests up back up to the ground level without having to declare them up a hundred feet of stairs. Shit. Yeah. Gorge. You do that. A hundred percent. You have a little more than an hour left to get back to Remedy. Do you want to do anything else in this graveyard or do you want to go back? No, let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back. I got some more funny grave names written here. Did you want to hear some of those or no? Okay, fine. (laughs) Oh, dear. No, thank you. You get back on the horses, which are still safe. Don't worry. I know we had a big thing about the horses. They're fine. Ah, thank God. And you return to Remedy with a few minutes to spare before midnight. You park your horses and cart right near where you departed. What would you like to do now? I scream at the top of my lums. Lums? My lums. I scream, we did it. Give us our money. We're back. We won. We won the prize. The shouts of Jared echo through the streets, and there is no response. Oh. Interesting. With your passive perception, you see that all of the festival decorations and scenery are still in place, but there are no people on the streets. And then you kind of realize with your passive perception that you can't hear anything. Not that you're deaf, but there is just no sound. There are no crickets. There are no birds chirping. There is no restless livestock. There is no sound. Well, shit. Val hops off the cart and just kind of takes a couple steps with a faint. Hello. And then takes another couple steps and turns around. Hello. And then just kind of stands there lost. I run to the mayor's house. As you run through the streets of Remedy, you still see no people. Some of the lights are on in the homes, but if you choose to peek in the window, you see nobody. You arrive at Mabel's house, which apparently she told you where she lived. I mean, she didn't tell me, but I do know where she lived. That's true. You've been in town for a while. That's right. Do yes. you? What do you do once you arrive at the house? I kick down the door. Rude. Kick it down. Kick it on down. Kick cool. it down. The door flies open to a modest-looking home, and it is completely empty. You do this to a few more homes. You peek in some windows. You check some doors. But no matter where you look, there is no one. There are footprints everywhere in town because of the festival, but there's nothing out of the ordinary. There are no signs of struggle. There is no blood. There is no damage to the town. Every living thing in Remedy is just gone. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. 
Visit thenotstalgianetwork.com for more. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from the Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From Misfits to Cher. Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, the Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast. Podcast.